Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Hi folks, Dr. History here with another story from the Old West. Before I get going today, I just want to say hi to a few people. Uh, one guy from Germany, the Schnitzel Whisperer. So, thank you for writing to me. And Melody in California told me a whole bunch about the Hearst Castle. And Christopher and Gary in Arizona, thanks for writing. I appreciate your comments and, uh, and your suggestions for shows. So today, we're going to start off with a show uh, about a lost treasure. So this tale begins about 1800s when a guy named Pierre Lafarge, who was an excommunicated French priest, he was released from jail in France after serving time for killing a man. Lafarge sailed for America, although he had been kicked out of the Catholic Church. He posed as a priest to find lodging and food as he traveled across America. Well, in New Orleans, he met a group of 12 other Frenchmen who were shady characters in their own right. Lafarge joined them in sailing across the Gulf of Mexico to Matamoros, Mexico. Now, this former priest fit in perfectly with the other Frenchmen. All of them were determined to fill their pockets with anything valuable in the New World. Well, in Mexico, they learned that someone had buried silver and gold near Chihuahua for safekeeping. There was ten heavily armed Mexicans that were guarding the treasure, and they decided to steal uh, only the gold. Uh, the fully, uh, fully armed Frenchmen surprised the Mexican guards and killed all but two of them. Lafarge and the other Frenchmen carried off more than 100 pounds of the gold, but they left the less valuable silver. Meanwhile, the surviving guards notified the Spanish authorities who went after the robbers. Uh, Lafarge and the others, uh, they took off for the, uh, heading north with the gold into what is now New Mexico. Now, when they reached the sleepy village of Santa Fe, they learned that gold had been discovered in the mountains uh, somewhere near Taos, New Mexico. Uh, and that was kind of to the north. So they traveled there and soon set up a mining operation uh, near several small streams. And not having much mining experience, they found only a little bit of gold. But posing as miners was the perfect cover for disposing of some of the stolen Mexican gold. Well, in time, they learned more uh, that more experienced Mexican miners working nearby had a lot better success finding gold. So many months uh, after Lafarge and the Frenchman arrived near Taos, they decided the nearby Mexican miners had uh, accumulated a pretty good amount of gold, uh, and it was worth stealing. Well, as the story is told, Lafarge and the others began robbing and killing more than 20 Mexican miners in the region around Taos. After a few months, the Frenchmen acquired a lot of gold, but their robbing had been costly. The Mexican miners did not give up their gold without a fight. So six of the 12 Frenchmen were killed in the robberies, so that left only Lafarge and six of the other Frenchmen. Now, somewhere in the mountains near Taos, uh, the seven men discussed what to do with all the gold they had accumulated. Well, Lafarge believed it should be taken back to France, where all of them could enjoy a life uh, to its fullest, a life of leisure, anything they wanted, and the others agreed. Well, the men decided that Lafarge should pose as a priest, go to Santa Fe, find someone with smelting experience, and bring that person back to turn the gold into ingots. Well, sometime during that summer of 1804, Lafarge found a guy named Jose Lopat. 
Now, he was a native of Spain, about 35 years old, living in Santa Fe. Lopat had worked with metals in Mexico City before moving north to Santa Fe. So he returned with the Lafargues to the mountains near Taos, where Lopat built a small furnace, and he constructed a mold. It took him three months to convert the gold into 700 ingots, each weighing seven and a quarter pounds. Now, together, all the gold ingots weighed more than 5,000 pounds. Now, that, folks, is a lot of gold. Their plan was to take the gold to New Orleans, where they thought they could easily ship it to France. To prepare for the journey, Lafarge and the six other Frenchmen uh, found some uh, oxen and six large ox carts, and they filled these with fur pelts. So outwardly, the carts looked like they were just filled with furs, but hidden underneath were the gold ingots, which were divided equally among the ox carts. Well, the Frenchmen then uh, hired about 15 Indian servants. They got some supplies, and they started east from the mountains onto the plains of what is now northeastern New Mexico. Now, Jose Lapat traveled with them because he said he knew the country. Exactly what happened next is not real clear, but the party apparently followed trails used by Spaniards, Mexicans, Indians, and other travelers, They traveled east into what is now the Oklahoma Panhandle. Now, part of the trail may have been what later was called the dry route of the Santa Fe Trail. Now, although the journey was slow because of the weight carried in the ox carts, it it was pretty much uneventful. Nothing really happened until they reached a watering hole called Flag Springs. And that is actually near the modern town of Boise City, Oklahoma and several miles east of Black Mesa, which is actually the highest point in Oklahoma, at just under 5,000 feet. So at Flag Springs, the party uh, found four traders who were heading west. Now, one of the Frenchmen supposedly mentioned to the traders that they were taken first in New Orleans because they believed they could get a better price from fellow Frenchmen than the Spanish in New Spain, uh, who also resented the French. Well, the Frenchmen were surprised when they learned from the traders that France had sold the Louisiana Territory to the United States in 1803. Well, Lafarge and the four Frenchmen did not uh, outwardly show much concern about the news until the four traders broke camp and headed out out of the camp, heading west. So the Frenchmen then had a serious discussion and concluded that when they reached New Orleans, the American authorities probably would not permit them to ship their gold to France. They would likely confiscate it. So when Jose Lopat was asked his opinion, he said maybe arrangements could be made for a boat to meet the party along the Gulf Coast to transport the gold. He suggested that two of the best-fit Frenchmen travel ahead to New Orleans to see what kind of arrangements could be made and then come on back. Well, Lopat said such a round trip would probably take three and a half months. Lafarge and the four Frenchmen decided to take Lopat's advice. So two of the Frenchmen set out for New Orleans, while Lafarge and the other two Frenchmen made a temporary camp near Flag Springs. Well, finally, four months had passed, and the two Frenchmen had not returned from New Orleans. So Lafarge and the remaining Frenchmen decided to bury the gold for safety. They also agreed that it would uh, be a good idea to send Jose Lopat and the Indian servants back to Santa Fe before they buried the gold. They wanted to make certain that they would not leave, come back, and watch where they were going to bury the gold. 
So at least one of the Frenchmen escorted Lopat and the Indians more than 100 miles in the direction of Santa Fe. And details on what happened next again are a little hazy, but the gold was buried in the ground near Flag Springs, and apparently there were some stone markers that were buried nearby in the ground. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Now, about a year passed, Lafarge, whose health was failing, returned to Santa Fe, where Jose Lopat happened to see him on the street. Lafarge told Lopat that all the Frenchmen were dead and that he alone knew where the gold was buried near the spring. Well, Lafarge apparently claimed that Indians had killed the others, but Jose Lopat suspected that Lafarge had killed the remaining Frenchmen. Anyway, regardless, Lopat learned that Lafarge was suffering from tuberculosis. He had returned to Santa Fe in hopes that the higher altitude would cure him. Uh, Once it did, he planned to return to Flag Springs and recover the gold ingots. Well, Lafarge never returned. His health got worse. Soon he was bedridden. Next, a relative of a miner killed by Lafarge learned that Lafarge was in Santa Fe. The relative organized a posse to lynch Lafarge. But the former priest learned this, and with the help of a friend, Lafarge was placed in an ox cart under some hay and taken somewhere outside of Santa Fe. But unfortunately, the poor guy died two weeks later. Well, after learning of Lafarge's death, Jose Lepat decided to journey to Flag Springs and see if he could find the buried gold. But he searched and he searched. He found nothing, not even any signs of digging. Well, he soon, soon returned back to Santa Fe, where he later died uh, on June 4th, 1856, at about, uh, he's about 87 years old. Well, if it had not been for Lopat, however, the legend of the buried gold might have just kind of faded off into history. But Lopat had a son. His name was Emmanuel. He was born in 1819, and he'd heard the story a lot of times from his father, and he wrote it down in Spanish in the back of the Lopat family Bible. Well, now, after Emmanuel died in Denver, Colorado in 1906, his sister, Angelina, she gained possession of the Bible. Now, okay, here we go again. She died in 1925. The Bible was inherited by her niece, uh, a Mrs. Frank Boyles of Denver, and efforts to locate the Lopat family Bible today have not been successful, but they claim it contains more than 50 pages that tell Jose Lopat's story written down by his son Emmanuel, and it's the basis for the legends uh, that we're talking about. And before he died in 1856, the old man began to tell the story knowing he would never be able to return to Flag Springs. So since the early 1840s, the legend has spread by word of mouth across the plains. There's been a lot of treasure treasure seekers that have tried to find the gold, but no one has ever admitted to to finding it. And that would probably be worth at least two million, two or three million in today's money. Now, 
You know, before when I've talked about uh, buried treasure, I've mentioned that I think sometimes these things have been found, and I think sometimes people just kind of kept it quiet so as not to uh, arouse attention, especially if it was, say, a Wells Fargo stagecoach that had gold uh, money. Um, you know, if you found it today, Wells Fargo, uh, they may come after you and say, hey, that's that's our money. We'll give you a little bit for finding it. But So there we go, folks, another buried treasure that's out there somewhere. So stay tuned. And also keep in mind, I'm still working on this book that I hope to have done by the end of this year. It's going to be a historical fiction, but I'm going to use a whole bunch of true stories uh, in there that some of them you've heard and some you may not have. So until next week, thank you and goodbye. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.